Welcome to Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group Thursday Night Alcoholics and God Speaker Step Series. Um, thanks for joining us tonight. In a minute, we're going to start our two minute. Oh, who's doing that? Joey. Joey's got our joke for us tonight. How you guys doing? Uh, Joseph, alcohol recovered alcoholic. Um, I have a joke for everyone today. So. A neutron walks into a bar and orders a drink. When the neutron gets his drink, he asks, Bartender, how much do I owe? The bartender replies, For you, neutron, no charge. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us tonight. In a minute, we're going to start our two-minute meditation, so please take a moment to get situated. Uh, please turn off all devices that make, might make noise or would distract others. Take this time to get connected to God. Let the craziness of the day drift away and ask God to help you stay focused on the step study tonight. Is everybody ready? If so, let's begin the meditation. Please, 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 please
Next, we're going to have our fog light prayer. God, let your love shine through me like a fog light so those who are lost, sick, and dying can find your love through me. Amen. There is a solution from Big Book, page 17. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news the book carries to those who still suffer from alcoholism. I've asked Crystal to read Appendix 2, Spiritual Experience. We read this because the main purpose of the 12 steps is to have one, so it's kind of important to know what one is. Hi, I'm Crystal. I'm an alcoholic. The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which upon careful reading shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it is not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations through uh, frequent, is that what it says? frequent are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Thank you. I have to flip it over. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. <laughs> Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that an alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defi- defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle, which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. Thank you, Crystal. Um, Please refrain from disturbing others. Um, I guess moving around and doing a bunch of crazy stuff. Um, This is a tech-free meeting. I guess not. This is is a tech meeting. Um, Tonight we have Doc. He's on his seventh session. Um, He's been doing a bang-up job so far, uh, teaching a whole bunch of stuff I had no idea about. And uh, with that, I'll give you Doc. Thank you, Doc Alcoholic. I thank God that they wrote it down.
And Alec, same with me, man. A whole bunch of stuff I knew nothing about, <laughs> essentially. Until they said, uh, can you teach something like this? Can you do a... See, uh, we're in Fort Lauderdale right now, right? And uh, I got sober in Phoenix and L.A. and uh, 30 years ago. And they didn't... And really, they weren't really big on, on, on step, quote, series or anything. It was big book studies and 12 and 12 studies and that kind of stuff. But um, so when I got here and they said, uh, can you do a step series? I go, what the hell's a step series, right? Just go over the steps for 12 weeks, you know? Holy cow, man. Specifically each step? Yeah. So I, had, I started doing that. I learned more than anybody in the room. And I have to say here, some that's been 20 years since I got here. I got here about 10 years sober, back here. Um, I have learned more than anybody. And I've, I've been blessed with requests to do steps, traditions like tonight, and uh, concepts. And it's always been my... Uh, my approach to look at them from a specific individual viewpoint. How can we apply these things to our daily life, right? How can we make them pragmatic? How can I practically apply these 12 traditions to the way I live every day, right? Because uh, Bill Wilson said, if you can't do these traditions individually as a person, how do you expect to do them as a group? Right And right now, with all that's going on, not only in the United States, but around the world, and by the way, there's always stuff going on in the world. We're just, we're just looking at it a little more today, right? It's affecting the U.S. a little bit today, so we're all checking it out. But I, I, I guarantee you, if, if you're living in the uh, Republic of Congo, the, the, right, the Democratic Republic of Congo, you, you, you know crap's going on every day, from Ebola to rape to, you know, uh, you know wars. Just everything's going on. If, if, you, you know, if you're hungry and you live in a, in a starving country, you live in, in South Sudan, which is a relatively new country, right? There's stuff going on. But, but today it affects Americans, so we're like going, ooh, this is the real news now, right? Because I'm in it. And... Uh, we will get sucked into that and sucked away from what our real purpose in life is if we don't pay attention to, say, the traditions, right? Um, our real purpose is on page 77. It says, our real purpose is to be best fitted to be of maximum service to God and to those about us, right? And uh, I can't be of service to God and to others if I'm fighting several battles, and although, you know, in my heart, uh, I think human rights are important, no matter where it's going on or what's going on, that's not what God called me for. That's not what he saved me off a bar stool for. It's not what he pulled me off the mattress in the corner, right, getting high with my friends. And uh, that was kind of a couch, right? That's a junkie couch, right, is a mattress in the corner and then... and. Uh, Rooms to go, if you get the junkie ensemble, you get, you get a mattress with a dirty sheet, you get uh, one lamp with a, a moth-stained bulb and no uh, shade, and uh, that's it, right? right? Or, or, and you get a cinder block 
with a piece of wood on top of it as an as a, uh, end table, right? And that's the, uh, the junkie ensemble. Uh, the good thing about it is it doesn't take long to pay that one off, right? You, get, you can buy that one online, have it delivered, same day. You pay it all off, same day. Except, you know, the amount of, uh, let's just call it, instead of calling it like drugs, let's call it just alcoholism. The amount of alcoholism you have to pay for is much more than the worth of the furniture, right? But uh, God pulled me off of that, just like you, just like he pulled you out of that. Because we're called to be of, to be fitted, to be of maximum service to God and to uh, those about us, but then, then he chose us and said, "Man, you got you got no you got no say in it. You now, because the method that I am showing you on how to become and stay sober and to be happy, joyous, and free, which is outlined in the big book, the twelve and twelve, and to, to a number to some degree, the varieties of religious experience by William James. Um, that method." Uh, requires you to turn your dark past over to God, your life and your will to a higher power. And when you do that, it says on page 124 in the big book that uh, cling to the thought that when you do that, uh, God will change that horrible, dark, awful past into your most precious possession. It becomes from lead to gold. And with, it becomes the key to life for other alcoholics. And uh, when I say alcoholics, a lot, of, a lot of drug addicts are alcoholics. Um, and that's, that's why we stick with singleness of purpose. We're on Tradition 7, which is also about singleness of purpose. You know, Tradition 7 is pretty easy to, to, on the surface, to just apply to yourself. Every AA group, therefore every AA member, if we break the group apart, right? Every AA, that's what they call us in the books, ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. So it talks a lot about the primary purpose. And then it talks about, yeah, and if we take a lot of money as as a group from outside sources, right? AA as a group, if we take money from outside sources, we we run the risk of being corrupted, right? Which is what we see in world governments all over the place, right? is, is uh, uh, whether we call it uh, uh, corporatism or uh, free marketism or uh, whatever we want to, consumerism or whatever you want to call it, right? The marketplace becomes more important than the human existence and therefore I have money and I'm going to get the, the people in whatever world government to look more my way than the people's, right? It becomes corrupted. Money corrupts all sorts of, of, of beautiful ideals, right? Of moral goals, moral models. When the book uses the term ideal, it's not talking about, you know, the best you can think of, like our sexual ideals. It's not talking about, like, who you think would be the hottest. That's stupid. That's, that's selfish, Right? I, I say it's stupid, and then I have friends that go, well, that's what I always believed in. Go, I'm sorry, I didn't mean, I'm not calling you stupid, just the way you think. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I, I take that back, I take that back. No, but the book means ideal, it means, it means your moral model. What is your model, 
what are your goals for morality, your ideals, right? Your goals for morality. And, and uh, imagine what would happen with, with AA. We would be given millions of dollars. It, today, here in 2020, it costs about $2.2 million, no, $22 million a year to run AA. In 2020, we're going to have all twos, which is my birthday, by the way, right? February 22nd, 1990. I waited till 222 because I didn't know anything about AA. And uh, I thought, this might be a day I want to remember. So I'm going to pick a day that I can't forget. So 222 will be easy enough. And that's how it kind of ended up with that, right? So we're going to talk about 222, 22s, 22s today. And uh, 2020. We have estimated, according to the Home Office, about in the United in North America, not counting Mexico. I don't know why, but uh, Canada and the United States have approximately two million two hundred thousand active members in AA. It seems like more. There may be more. We don't have accurate records, right? Because we don't sign up. Uh, but we do know that it takes ten times that to uh, run it, about $22 million a year. And most of that money is generated not from your basket, brothers, sisters. It's generated by book sales. So if you don't buy your books, you're not... You know, every time you buy a newcomer a book, you're, you're helping keeping the AA office going. Um, but we're going to talk about those exact numbers and everything else here in Tradition 7. But what if a, a major corporation gave... Gave AA $40 million a year, right? More than we need, almost double, 40, let's double it, $44 million a year. They give us $44 million a year, then we have to kind of spend half of that because we can't be piling up millions of dollars. We can't have $22 million in a bank account somewhere because, you know, I'm sorry, I will steal it. You will steal it. Somebody will freaking steal it. We are a, we're a band of thieves. Alibaba is my name, right? <laughs> know me, right? I'm, I, I, think, I think my temptation after 30 years of sobriety would probably be closer to learning how to easily be voted right up the, right down the ladder to New York and somehow get close enough on world service to get my hands on $22 million set in the bank somewhere. If I could just pull, skim 10% of that, I'm, I'm happy, right? We can't do that. But the more important thing is, what are we going to do with that money? Uh, let's open a hospital. Already done that. We were given a hospital. It says right here, if you read Tradition 7 in the 12 and 12, it says we were given a hospital, and within months, our number one patient was the son of the benefactor. The cat that gave it to us goes, yeah, here's the hospital, just treat him, okay? And by the way, I made him manager of the hospital. Brilliant, right? Imagine that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, some of you are living in halfway houses that that whole thing is going on right now, right? I'm sorry, it's true. They go, you know... Hey, you're going to live here. And by the way, the guy that's managing everything is more effed up than you are. So enjoy. <laughs> Sorry. But that's why AA can't have that, right? 
And then, okay, so then what will will we do? We'll we'll spend the money on AA education. We can't do it. What happens is if we don't keep that razor-sharp point of singleness of purpose, right, alcoholism, to carry our message to people who still suffer, right, to, and individually, it's to, on page 124, to separate those who are suffering from, from uh, misery and sometimes death, that we have the key to life for them, which is our, our dark past. All the stuff that I was absolutely ashamed of ever sharing is now going to be what they can connect to and, and pulls them out. It becomes the hand-to-hand pull where they can't connect with anyone else. I couldn't connect with anyone else. Right? So, so if we start broadening that and go, you know what? We are alcoholism. Oh, yeah, and drug addiction. Because almost all alcoholics are drug addicts, including our founding fathers. Oh, yeah, and, you know, I noticed that porn's a big problem, so let's do this. And that's really based on selfishness, so it's the same thing, right? And so is gambling, and so is overeating, and so... Well, wait a minute, man. Now we don't have a razor-sharp point, you know? Now when someone goes, what are you doing? You know, focused, man. I have one thing to do. That's it. One job to do, right? No, no, I got about 10,000 things in my head. And the same thing here. That's why today we live, when, when there's civic things going on in front of us, whether it's, it's protesting, which, you know, God bless all of that. Whether it's dealing with a, 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 a pandemic, a world, world epidemic is a pandemic. It doesn't matter to us. It doesn't change how I deal with an alcoholic every day. It doesn't change why I get up in the morning. None of that changes because I live in step one, two, and three, right? That God has this completely handled. He has people out there doing what's right. I'm not that guy. My business is to stay focused on one thing, page 77, right? Is to help other alcoholics, to serve God and those about me, around me, right? And I don't have to go looking for them. I don't have to fly to Ethiopia to see, you know, civil injustice injustice, and then right the wrong. I, all I have to do is go right down Los Olos, right? And I'll see 50, 60 practicing alcoholics without homes, you know, we saw him washing their, his clothes in the, in, in, in the puddle the other day. You know, oh, that was us, right. Yes. So it was, it was innovative and sad at the same time, you know. We don't have to look far. So, so it's easy to look at Tradition 7. That was the first time someone suggested the traditions should be applied to my life when they go, hey, Doc, what about you? Are you fully self-supporting? <sighs> you know, I just got sober. <laughs> Right, um, but here's the the weird part. Is um, that part that part's easy? We see why it's for the group. I don't want I don't want anybody pulling, you know. Uh, tell I don't want anybody who gives us a bunch of money telling us how we should spend it. And I don't want AA to have a bunch of money because then we lose focus of what we're doing. And that's what the 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 chapter's about. That's why it says that uh, after we get through a couple of the stories on page 165 in the 12 and 12, it says, then our trustees wrote a bright page of AA history. How beautiful. 
a bright and enlightened writing, right? A bright page, an enlightened writing that will remain in our history that says they declared for the principle that AA must always stay poor. Uh Uh-oh, now I'm going to piss off a bunch of people when I say, if they said that about the group, maybe they mean that about me. No, can't be, right? Can't be. That's not what it says. I've never met an AA that goes, hey, now that you're sober, you have to stay poor. Okay, well, you're looking at one now. And what does that mean? Okay, so we got to, if you know me, and if you've ever heard me speak, and, and, and some of you have, is, is words are powerful things. And, and if God inspired the big book through not only Bill Wilson, but through uh, those in the group that were editing it, um, I think that, that God, at the very least, uh, had an eyeball on what Bill was writing for the 12 and 12, if, if not completely divinely inspired. It doesn't matter to me because I found that they both work um, completely. I was talking to a friend uh, the other day that I knew for the first five years of my sobriety. And he was one of the fundamentalists, right? Big book, 12 and 12. Where is that in the big book? My sponsor first said, I don't want to hear what you think or what you feel, right? In my first year, I'd go, well, I think that I don't care what you think. Tell me, if you have a thought, an opinion, or anything like that, I want to know what page it came off of in the big book. So really, you know, I say that and people go, oh, that's how he knows the big book. No, I just quit talking. I didn't look anything up. I'm lazy. I went, no, okay, fine, I won't talk. If that's what you want, I won't look up anything. Or I'll just randomly go, well, what do you think about the coronavirus? Well, I think that uh, um, surprisingly uh, we find such convictions no great obstacle to a spiritual experience. Look at that, it worked. <laughs> Just open it and read it, and you go, wow, that guy is really on top of shit. That is that stuff, sorry. That is awesome, right? No, so, so but, but we look at this, and we, so if, if the words mean things, if the, the words actually mean, if it says poor, what, is the, what does he mean by poor individually? What does he mean by self-supporting? First of all, self-supporting is not a capital S. So we're not talking about Jungian, Freudian self. We're not talking about, quote, ego slash pride slash vanity, right? The ego that kills. When we say ego in AA, we don't mean Freudian ego, ego, superego, id. We're talking just about self with a capital S, right? Selfishness, self-centeredness, driven by a hundred forms, of selfishness, right? Driven blindly. Oh my God, right? You don't think you were a slave? You were a slave then. Easily, quickly, deeply. It was great, right? I didn't have to think about what I was going to do because I had one primary purpose and that was to stay high, right? I, at some point in my life, I quit getting high and I just started staying high right that was that was my whole that was my whole existence um and today i have another reason for getting up and that is to do what god asked me to do right to uh 
to try to understand his will and, and, and to do it. And that is one of the uh, main ingredients in, in humility. Three ingredients in humility, which is the magic thing that eases our pain, heals our pain, and then eventually allows us to connect with God consciously and, and be righted of this disease uh, on a daily basis. And that is honesty, willingness, and the third, it says in, in uh, step seven, uh, I think it's page 72, says uh, the missing ingredient. Let's just look, see if it is 72. Right? Uh, yeah. That the missing agreed ingredient uh, is a desire to seek and do God's will. Right? And without that, I can't have humility. That's why I keep missing humility, because I don't have... That's not my desire anymore. Well, so let's apply all that to, to Tradition self, uh, 7 and self-supporting. Okay, so, so a self-supporting um, bridge, right? Structure. Self-supporting structure means that uh, not, there's nothing on the outside that supports it, right? That, that makes sense. Nothing on the outside. That it is... Uh, uh, a system within itself, right? It doesn't mean that by, through its own strength it stands up because we know that, that that's generally poor architecture. When, when we try to build things, you know, in, 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 this, in an arcane method, right? If we just go, I'll just put bigger steel and more block and, and that'll hold it up. It never does, right? It has to be designed to be self-supporting like an arch, that's why it talks a lot about arches, right? And the keystone. And then for some, how does that hold that up? Because it distributes the weight. It's a magical thing, right? An arch is, a, is an engineering marvel. It's amazing. It's self-supporting, right? Because it, it uses systems contained within its own design to not have to go outside of it. And, and, and we've been given that system. What is that system? It's step three, right? I turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand him completely. So, so if I take, if I'm going to be self-supporting, right, does that mean that I can't take money from people? Does it mean that I can't be paid for my, no, 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 it's not talking about that. It's talking about, let's look at step three, or step three right? And I take my will in my life and, uh, okay, it, 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 it's, a, it's a sort of a Rubik's cube of, of life, right, that I'm going to give to God. Well, let's take one color of that, even though it's all over the place. Because when I give it to God, it's not perfectly put together. It's, just a, it's a puzzle. It's a mess, right? But I, I, I can at least consolidate it all into one easy-to-manage problem called alcoholism. Right? That's what my buddy used to say. If you think your life is complicated and you have too many problems, go drink. And it will consolidate. Alcoholism will consolidate all of your problems into one easy-to-manage problem called I can't get sober. <laughs> Right? Everything will then, you'll have to be crystal clear, which is the definition of serenity. You can get serenity. If you don't know what to do in sobriety, try getting loaded. If it doesn't kill you, right, it'll help you focus. I guarantee, but it'll probably kill you. Sooner or later, it will definitely kill you. So we give it to God, and let's say one of those colors is romance. Right? Nobody here knows anything about romance. Right? We just know about booping, right? That's, <laughs> was that good? <laughs> that was kind of weird, right? Because you could see the F movement, but anyway. <laughs> How did he do that? Um, that's all we know about, right? 
But but if I go, okay, okay, I, I, you know, I have these lustful urges and I can't, I need to validate myself through other people. I know it's really selfish and I act, I call it love and I call it giving. And just like the book says, how often do we make these uh, uh, selfish, selfish excursions and talk all about love when it's really about lust, right? And so I give that over to God and God goes, okay, I'm going to help remove that from you. Usually that means you, you get a period of a dry period, right? I'm going to give you some time to yourself to reflect a little bit. Then sometimes, God knows I'm in this group, he gives you, you know, uh, bat shirt crazy, right? So you go, oh, well now I know what not to do in a relationship, right? Or who not to to hitch my cart to, right? And then there might be another dry spell, and then there might be someone just absolutely perfect, and then that could crush your heart. And through the whole thing, it becomes this wonderful God-learning, growing experience. But we don't do that with money. Because <laughs> God, God, I barely do it with romance with God, right? God doesn't know anything about the need to get laid, right? He's, he's to- God is totally against sex. And then I, one, I don't find that in our book. So the God of AA, the God, the higher power, the God, the deity described in, in, in AA in these three books doesn't say anything about. In fact, in the fourth book that helped write these books, the Bible doesn't say anything about not enjoying sex or wanting sex. It says we're, we're not going to be the arbiters of any sexual uh, 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 activity, uh, uh, behavior. Right? This is we're not going to do it. Some are like, ooh, no flavor for the fair. Fair is a menu, by the way. Right? No flavor for our fair. So it's just you got to no nothing, nothing, no flavor, no no. You don't get any sweet. There's no sugar in the coffee. Just stand back. Right? Nothing. No cream. No sugar. No nothing. And the other the other school is go straight pepper diet. Right? That's awesome. <laughs> That's us. Right? We go, okay, you like pepper? Yeah, just give me a plate of it. Right? A little pepper, sir? Yeah, yeah, fill the cup. Right? It's like we're crazy. It says, and, and, and somewhere in between that, all the time, everything, and absolutely nothing, somewhere in between that is, is, is healthy relationship, the book says. <laughs> and good luck with that. Talk to your own God. Wow. Right? But that's also, it equates the big book and the 12 and 12 equates sex and money a lot. You know, so it, 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 how do I be self-supporting in my relationships? I turn over to God completely. Yeah, but aren't you afraid of dying alone? No. <laughs> in fact, kind of looking forward to that, <laughs> right? I, I was thinking about that this morning going, you know, here I am, unmarried, divorced, uh, my birthday is Saturday, and I'm an old man all of a sudden. Woohoo! 61, belly button birthday. And, and I go, God, this is kind of awesome not being, you know, married. And uh, I'm a great uncle, but my daughter turns 25 Friday, and then I turn 61 Saturday. Oh, that was planned, by the way. It was awesome. Her, her mom goes, you can't plan that. I go, watch. <laughs> and we did. Boom. Right? Her, her, that, that little ovum, and me planned it. <laughs> but, 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 right. So it's all turned over to God. Well, can you do that with your money? Yeah, but God doesn't care if I'm rich or poor. How do you know? 
What if every single experience that you can relate to through God, where there's a dry spell, then there's, there's a, a, you know, feast, famine, in between, crazy, perfect, you know, uh, uh, up here, down there, and it teaches us all to get in the center of the hub, right? Three, three rides in, in, in the carnival of life. We come in here because uh, the roller coaster has beat us to death, right? Remember, that's the scariest. What's the scariest part of a roller coaster? Waiting in line, right? What's the worst part about being an alcoholic drug addict? Waiting in the parking lot, right? Two lights. Is that him? Is that him? Is that him? No, no, it's not him. It's not him, right? (laughs) Right? It's awful, man. Look, is that him? Is that him? No, 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 no. It's awful. It's awful. Or waking up Sunday. See, there are places in in the world where you can't buy alcohol Sunday morning, right? Oh God, I just oh God, I know. And I, you have to plan on it Saturday night, right? New Mexico was like that. So you go when you're drunk Saturday night. You go. We need to get a case for tomorrow because I'm going to wake up in the morning and feel like crap, and I need a case. Okay, let's buy it. And then you wake up Sunday morning and you go, "Where's the case?" Well, we drank it. Oh yeah, awful, awful. I grew up with like you can buy it on on Kirtland Air Force Base. Oh yeah, Steve's dad is a colonel. So, and they have a sticker on the car. So if we can get Steve's dad's car, we can get onto the base and buy liquor Sunday morning. I had one primary purpose, man. That's it. You know, I still have the plan. <laughs> Let me dust these off. These still work, right? But now I have a different purpose in life, and that's to help others. So if I take my financial situation, I turn it over to God, because really my only purpose in life is not to pursue all the desires that drive me blindly. Tell me what page I'm on. 60 what? Oh, I don't know. Where we are uh, driven blindly by a hundred different... What is that? 62? No, almost. Almost. Is that 5, 4, 3, 2, 1? Um, It doesn't matter. Uh... See, my problem is the whole book is like... Um, well, in the 12 and 12, here it is. Here's the version of the 12 and 12. These instincts. It's in step four on page 42. And I think it is like 62 in the big book, right? Let's see. 63, 62. Is it 62? No. Uh, 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 we'll all see it. It's 55 where the God inside, and then it is... Oh, you're eating up time, brother. Okay. It, does, it doesn't matter. Uh, the one in the 12 and 12 says this clearly. Uh, yet these instincts so necessary to our existence far exceed their proper functions. Powerfully, blindly, many times subtly, they drive us, right? Our desires, instincts, desires. They drive us. It's 65 because I have a cross-reference. How can it be 65? Um, they, they drive us, dominate us. They insist upon ruling our lives. Oh, it's 65 and the 12 and 12 also. Great. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Great. 
Right, so here's both of them. Uh, our desires for sex, bing, for material, that's money, right? Stuff. Security, emotional security, that is both. My emotional security is tied to the stuff I get and uh, how much more I think of myself if I get laid, especially by people that I know don't want to sleep with me. Mm-hmm. Right? If they'll sleep with me, my self-worth goes way up, right? Because I'm a sick fart. And for an important place in society, those desires often tyrannize us. Since most of us are born with an abundance of natural desires, it isn't strange that we often let these far exceed their intended purpose. Same thing. This is on page 65 in the 12 and 12. So step four and step six. When they drive us blindly, same words, or we willfully demand that they supply us with more satisfactions or pleasures than are possible or do us. Right? Never enough. That's our disease. Those, that's, our, that's, that's our character defects. That's what's cancerous in us, our God-given desires. The desire for affection turns into this wild lust maniac. The, the desire to be able to provide for myself and my family turns into greed. There's never enough, right? How, how, how many of you ever drank enough? Never. I used to throw up and go drink more. And honest to God, I didn't know, I really did not know that my body was rejecting the alcohol as a poison once I started vomiting. That it's going, you're going to kill yourself. And so it just rejected it. I honest to God thought I was full. I, I, I really did. I thought I was physically full and so then it just kept bubbling out of the top, you know? But I'm an idiot when it comes to drinking, you know, or a genius, one of the two. <laughs> I remember throwing up, going outside in San Antonio, throwing up, and then looking over, and there's the cop, the off-duty cop watching the door. And I remember telling him, Jaeger monster, throwing up Jaeger monster, right? And then go, you know, Steve... I usually hate pigs, but I love you, man. I love you. Come on in. Let me buy you some Jägermeister. No, I'm working. Oh, but I love you, Steve. That's freaking awesome. Oh, my God. That is the point at which we depart from the degree of perfection that God wishes for us on earth. That's the measure of our character defects, if you wish, or our sins, which means to miss the mark. So I go back to tradition seven and say, what if I turn over my, my finances to God completely? Well, then anything can happen, right? Well, I don't want to do that. Well, either you're living these steps or you're not. We're platonic. It even, even last, uh, uh, I'm sorry, in this one, it says, you know, we, we do not like, we are black and white people, it says. We, and I wish I knew what page it's on, but it's, it's on Tradition 7. We are black and white, right? We want, we just, we, we don't want any gray. We can't understand gray. We understand it is or it isn't. You're sober or you're not sober. You're not halfway sober. Half measures availed us nothing. God either is or he isn't. He's everything or he's nothing, right? Either I turn right and go to the phone booth and, and call churches to find some help, or I turn left and go in and stop at three gins, right? Which is it? 
Either I die an alcoholic death or I live by spiritual principles. That's it. It's Platonic, based on Plato, right? It either is or it isn't. I'm in the cave or I'm out of the cave. There's no in-between with us. So either I'm living these principles or I'm not. And if I take these principles, what if it says so? We decided we needed to be poor, that we always stay poor. So, yeah, you know what? Now I'm thinking a lot of holy men in history have, and holy women also, holy humans, right? Because that's men, women, and all of the above, yeah? And, and I'm not being funny. I mean that sincerely in my heart. And uh, they, a lot of them decided to stay, stay poor. Why? Well, one, humility is the, 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 the thing that, that, that heals us. Without humility, we don't have a chance. It was a drop of humility. It was, it was, I'm sorry, it was a speck of humility that parted all of the things that was blocking God's grace that are like a bouquet of black, um, bouquet of black umbrellas, right? That's a Tom Waits reference. Thank you very much. And, and which he didn't say, but it's, he should have. I, uh, somehow there's a crack and a drop of grace hits me and I'm sober long enough to go to a meeting one day. And from that, I might be able to just scratch enough humility together somewhere, which is again a gift to get another day. And then it keeps growing and eventually I have enough humility that I'm helping someone else and that helps, right? And I find that pain in step seven is... Is, is the price to a new life, but it also buys me a certain amount of humility. And I find that humility is what, what, what heals the pain. And so then I desire humility more and, and fear pain less. So my fear goes way down because actually my, my fear of insecurity is all about fear of pain. My fear of emotional insecurity and material insecurity is all about underneath both of those, the root is a fear of pain. I don't want to be financially insecure because I'll be homeless. I can't turn everything over to God because th- what will happen if, if God goes, you need to be homeless? Yeah, what will happen? Well, then I'm out in Tent City. God goes, you know what? You got 30 years of sobriety. I don't want you loaded. But there are some people I need from that Tent City. And I have chosen you. To be so poor, you have to live in a box and talk AA out there. Now, I, I, I know that there's a step that says praying only for knowledge of his will and the desire to carry that out. So I'm not going to stand here and go, I pray to God that doesn't happen because I don't care. I really don't care. I get, I get blessed with an abundance of material wealth God, God wanted me, I got a, I got a brand new uh, Jaguar S-Type that God just gave me. It was freaking awesome. And now, today, I have no car because God took it away. Now, he didn't do it. He allowed the tapestry to be woven. That's all. And there, there are reasons for that. And I don't fight those reasons. So what if I say, and this is my daughter's. Thank God that my daughter got tomorrow. Uh, she'll have one year sober, and and she'll turn twenty five. What a great thing! I said, you know, I wasn't. I was thirty when I got sober, and she goes, "Oh my God, I can't imagine another five years of this." Right? Five years of being loaded. Holy crap! That'd be awful. Right? I go, God, I'm so grateful you're here. Um, and she said, 
how about this? It's not really poor. She said, living in God's hands, it's really living in abundance, spiritual abundance. And that means that God can decide to bless me with a brand new Bentley tomorrow. Because he may, just as much as he may say, I need you homeless to help these people, he may say, I need you to drive a Bentley so that I have some other people in mind, and that's going to get their attention. They're going to go, how do you get a Bentley? I just turned everything over to God. Either way, right? They're both kind of extremes. But I, I don't write the script. I'm just willing to do it. Michael Chase and I were talking about uh, the book of Samuel, an old Jewish story, where Samuel, the prophet, tells the king Saul, you know, he says, uh, obedience is better than sacrifice. Because God told Saul to, to, in this war to, to kill all the livestock. And Saul did that, except he pulled all the best livestock and brought it back so that it could be uh, sacrificed to God. And God goes, no, 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 that's not what I said. I said, kill it all. And you didn't. Yeah, but I brought it back for you. And God, through, through Samuel, says, no, no, no. Obedience to God is more important than sacrifice to God. Where your money is is where your heart will be, right? And that's true. So now, okay, I'm now, I got my insurance sales license when I was 21. <laughs> Imagine, drug dealer, uh-huh. not for me. I'm a terrible, terrible drug dealer. Insurance dealer, that worked just fine, right? Now I'm a drug user and a whole life seller, right? It was awesome. And, and, and I just got all caught up in how much money can I make. Well, where, where is my focus every day? On that. I remember thinking at one time, I was doing pretty well, and I thought, you know, if I were to take this amount of effort and put it into my romantic life, I could be a superstar. So I had enough money, I, 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 I moved my focus and, and moved over to romance instead of finance. Pretty soon I was. I was a rock star, you know, because I bought, like, powdered MDMA and cocaine and, you know, love drugs, right? As, as Rick James said, that cocaine, <laughs> powerful drug, <laughs> right? Rick James said, that, that cocaine, powerful drug, man. And it's true. And, and, and then, then all of a sudden, I got no money. And I start thinking, you know, because it just didn't happen in a week. It's, it's months into years. Go, if I would just put the effort I put into my romantic, my lustful life, back into my financial life, I'd have some money again. Right? And in between this, my life is just falling apart due to alcoholism. Right? So what if I put my money in God's hands? Well... My financial statement looks like a cardiac blip, right? It goes like, rich, poor, blah, rich, poor, blah, rich, poor, blah. And, and people go, oh, that's terrible. Yeah. It's, it's probably due to uh, uh, poor financial management. 
but I, I am unmanageable by myself. So when I try to manage my own, my, my own financial well-being, I lose focus as to what I need to do, and I start uh, justifying and rationalizing behavior. I need the boat in order to fish for alcoholics. Because I'll invite them out on the boat, and then I need to buy these properties because I'm going to make them 12-step houses, but see, I'll also have alcoholics paying my mortgage and that way I have property and you know I need to to outsell every guy at, at, at my firm you know but that's not what God has here God says you know what I need you to do is I I will I'll feed you I'll clothe you I'll give you abundance of everything you need material thank you God material things and spiritual things, right? I'll give you the things that'll rust and become moth-eaten and you'll eventually throw them away. Because, you know, if I say I was given a brand new Jaguar this year, that's different than I was given a brand new Jaguar 27 years ago. Because that would make it just an old car, right? It it all fades away. And God says, I'm also going to give you abundance in other things. Um, So I don't think... Oh, here it is, 161. Alcoholics are certainly all or nothing people. Boom. Right? I cannot put finances in my own hands. The IRS is killing me right now because I tried to put finances in my own hands my whole life. And, And things that got complicated, I just put it on the back burner and procrastinated. And then, boom, they go, you can't procrastinate this. We're going to help you. (laughs) In a a manner you don't particularly care for. Right? Um, I got news today that a a friend, uh, uh, roughly more or less 25-year-old guy, uh, OD'd uh, and died today. Right? No, big, no big surprise to anyone who knew this person. In fact, the last time I spoke to him, I, I think I used those words probably ten times. You are going to OD next time. You know? Well, I, I have almost three weeks sober now. Yeah, but you need to quit getting sober, getting a brand new car, crashing the car, you know, getting loaded, crashing the car, then getting all the insurance payoff, and then buying a brand new car again. And then swearing you're never going to get loaded again. And then, you, you know, you lock yourself in the town and country motel with a hooker and a, and a bunch of heroin and, and a few bottles of booze, you know. And, and your web connection so we can look at your dead fish eyes as you go, I'm doing okay, you know, right? Go, dude, you're going to die. Well, he died this morning. And, and I got to tell you, you know, I try to be a hard-ass you know, tough, tough guy and try to emotionally disconnect from people I'm trying to help or, or guide. But I, I freaking just really dropped down on the bed and just wept for a long time over that. Just stabbed me right in the freaking heart, you know? Because the last thing I remember is being on the phone going, thank you a lot for letting me talk to you. I go, yeah, yeah, call anytime. But you remember, you're gonna die if you don't 
get this together. Well, here's, here's tradition 10. And, and I tell a lot of people that have trouble, you know, new in, in sobriety, you're going to be, if you're in my life, you're going to be an example. You're either going to be a good example of what to do, and you stay sober, and you follow suggestions, and as the years go by, I'm going to come up here, and I'm going to go, I knew this person that did this and this, and they had a great time. Just like I was mentioning, I talked to a guy from the first five years of my sobriety. And we were talking about all the people we knew 25 years ago. And he goes, yeah, she's over here. And yeah, he's over there. And yeah, they're doing great. And yeah, now they're married and have kids. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't hear one of them where they go, oh, we never saw them again after you left. Right? And I said, well, that proves then our fundamental side. We're right. Whereas all the tree huggers and and inner child workshop people, they don't know where they are 25 years later. But all the people that went, shut up, everything in your head needs to come out of these books. They're still around. That's proof, man. That's living proof. Well, this cat, when when he was poor, when he had his money, right, in God's hands... He had to work like a 23-year-old should. He had to work. He had to take the bus. Fucking the bus, uh, freaking sorry. The bus is awesome, right? The bus, it's, a new, it's another world. And most of the people that ride the bus are really nice people. And then you get one of us. I got a great picture of this guy kicked back. And I thought he had a pint of booze. And it was a bottle of Listerine. Mmm, fresh. (laughs) You know, mint Listerine is its own cocktail, right? God Almighty. And he got a year sober working and riding the bus. And then he got money and he inherited some money and uh, he could not stay sober after that. You know, because he, he, he couldn't get beyond the self-will. There's a lot, some people, like, like we were talking about, some people, I've been, you know, honest to goodness, I, I have given money to be wealthy. I've given money to God. I've never given money to a charity or a church, but I have made $1,000, $1,200 donations, contributions to a bunch of places. But never have I given it, whether that is, whether that the facade is a church or a charity or AA or whatever, doesn't matter because in my heart, I'm putting it in God's hands and giving it to him going, this is yours anyway, man. I just want to show that, you know, this isn't even sacrifice. This is just obedience, right? And, and I need to give enough that I can feel it. Well, Wilson talks about that really clearly. He goes, okay, so I've got this guy. I'm only making $30 a week, right? $30 a week um, in his whole thing was about, in 1940, the conversion rate is about $18 to 2020. 1941 to 2020 is about $18. So we're just going to call it $20 so then the next three or four years this talk will still match perfectly, right? So, so when he says $1 in the book, it equals $20 to us, right? When he says $0.50, cents, it equals 10 bucks. When he says five bucks, he's talking a hundred bucks to you and me. So he's there, he's worried that, that there's not enough money 
to run AA, right? Because the, the Saturday Evening Post story comes out and everybody wants to get sober. And, and, and Wilson says, you know, we're going to have to hire some people and we're going to have to have traditions and all this. So I'll tell you what, just a dollar per member a year would take care of us, right? So that would be the equivalent of $20 per member once a year. If you sent in $20, if all of us sent in $20 once a year, 2.2 million times 20 is $44 million. That's double what we need to operate. We need $20 million to operate, right? So that whole idea of double the amount, if everybody, which they never will, has been pointed out to me more than once. Yeah, but if every other person did it, sent in the equivalent of a dollar, which is what he says here, it'd be $20 today. We would pay all our bills and all the big books would be free. To anyone who ever wanted an actual big book, you could get it free. If, you know, but, but, but nobody did that. Wilson says they were as tight as bark on a tree, right? You tight a eh? <laughs> Mamma jamma, tight AA, mamma jamma. Fill in the blanks. But then a drunk comes in and he's all hung over, and Wilson goes, Oh, I remember that feeling. You know what? Everybody looking? Here's $5. Here's a $100 bill. In our words, our world. Here you go, brother. In fact, come with me to a meeting. And so the guy says at the meeting, he goes, We're having a tough time. They passed a hat, not a basket. I still like the hat. Some meetings still do the hat. They like the hat. Passing the hat is about contributing. Passing a basket, a little churchy. <laughs> at least they don't pass a plate at AA, right? Pass, a, pass, pass the hat. And he goes, go a little heavy on the hat tonight, boys. So Wilson goes, my, my prospect is watching me. He put his hand in his pocket, great big half dollar, hits his hand. 50 cents times 20 is a $10 bill. I reach in my pocket, I pull out a $10 bill. That's more than I actually was thinking of contributing. I'll just contribute a dime. Times 20 is two bucks. Which is exactly what we ask them to put in right now, right? So I'll just, I'll just put in my two bucks so the guy next to me can see that I'm, I'm participating. Well, so many things wrong with that. First of all, he points it out. He goes, I was willing to give 100 bucks to this guy so that I looked like Bill effing Wilson. He goes, bad for him, bad for me. Last thing you want to do to a guy with a hangover is give him 100 bucks. Right? <laughs> you're, going, you're going to kill that boy. Because I go, I know what will cure this hangover. Some heroin. Because it does. can cure every problem if you do enough of it. Same with alcohol. He says that was all an ego proposition. And then when God puts 50 cents at my hand, I turn God away. No obedience, right? I sacrifice the hundred, but I have no obedience to give the half dollar to the group. I'm worse than the guys I asked to give a dollar a year. I put in a dime. $2 to us. Right? If I have in my mind that God has completely 
has, has complete authority over my finances, that I can be wealthy or, or I can be not so wealthy. Like my friend Paulette says, don't ever say you're broke because she goes, I know you. You ain't broke. I've never seen you broke, man. Well, that's right. I ain't broke. Not only spiritually and, and psychologically, I don't get broken. Financially, I'm not either. I may be slightly leveraged, right? But God, God, it's the story of the wrens and the lilies in the valleys, right? The lens in the field. The wrens in the field. Look at the feathers, right? Doesn't God take, and I'm pointing at a, a, a painting of hummingbirds. Doesn't God clothe them and feed them? And they don't worry. Look at the taking the lilies of the valley, the most beautiful things you're going to see. They don't worry. Why are you worried? Why am I worried? And last thing, dig this. My sponge used to say, when you go to work, you're not turning in time to get money. And yet that's what most modern slaves, because that's what we are, right? Either we own the workers or we are the workers. That's how the world works today. Um, Nothing wrong with that, by the way, if that's where God put you. Uh, but, but we think, I'll put in 40, week, 40 hours, and then I'll get this much money back. But that's not what you're doing. You're there to help whatever company, whatever master you, you serve there, make money. And then they share some of that with you if you do a good job. Right? That's what it's about. So now, I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. I'm going to do what's right in front of me. I'm going to do the job that God puts in front of me, whether it's serve coffee, or whether it's sell insurance, or whether it's, you know, operate a shovel, or a keyboard. I'm going to do what God puts in front of me. Just like a relationship, when God goes, this relationship is over, I need you to go somewhere else, I'm going to let that, quote, job go, and I'm going to do what God says here. And before I know it, God will say, I, I need you to be materially wealthy so that you can be best fitted to help other alcoholics survive. Or I need, you need humility, doc. So guess what? You're no longer driving that beautiful white Jaguar. You're on the bus, man. Okay. Oh, wow. I need humility? See what I did there? <laughs> how how god it's me how dare you say i need humility you know me i'm one of your i'm one of your tight boys right that's so funny i i love life i love struggling i love suffering and i love rejoicing because it's all the same thing count it all joy well our brother died but he's an example you know he's an example i'm sad we lost him but I am expletively angry at this disease. I mean, I'm ready. If I let my emotion, if I let my feelings emote themselves through me physically, I would just kick this podium over, this lectern over, and just tear up couches and throw chairs. I'm, I'm that really down in my heart, freaking angry that this disease just killed this kid. Again, right in our hands. Again. And so I don't really have much power left over to be concerned with how much money I'm going to make, with who I'm going to sleep with, or how to run the governments of the world. 
you know? Because this guy's now decaying meat. That's it. You know, I thank God, though, that you're all here. I thank God that you're all enlightened and becoming more and more enlightened. Uh, Every time you go to a meeting, every time you talk to another drug addict, every time you pray and meditate, I'm so grateful for all of you, and I'm grateful to be here, and I'll see you next week, Doc Alcoholic. Um, Now to introduce our secretary, Ryan. Hey, I'm Ryan, recovered alcoholic secretary. Um, In keeping with the seventh tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, Uh, the baskets are not going around, but uh, if you want to just make a contribution to uh, your intergroup office, uh, you can go go ahead and do that. Um, I've asked um, Ben to read the recovered statement. Uh, We read this notice to explain why many people in this group identify as recovered rather than recovering and what it, what it exactly means to be a recovered alcoholic. My name is Ben, a recovered alcoholic. <laughs> recovered, we are not cured of alcoholism. Recovered but not cured, that presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we would be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol will remain with us for a lifetime. But we have been restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in the body. We are now sane where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we have recovered. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, 1940s style big book sponsorship from forward to the second edition of Alcoholics Anonymous. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses. And among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, come to believe, and experience is that God has not changed over time, and neither should the sacred approach back into his loving arms. The statistics above suggest a 75% success rate. Uh, can I see a show of hands of recovered alcoholics? Um, or you could just do a little wave on, on Facebook. Um, if there's anyone that needs a sponsor, uh, please feel, for, feel free to reach out in the comments, um, and someone will get in touch with you. Um, please join us Monday nights for our Big Book study meeting, where the Big Book, stu- where the big book comes alive. Fellowship starts at 6.30, and the Big Book study starts at 7.15. We have CDs, mugs, large print big books, little red books, and big book dictionaries for sale. Uh, If you need any of that, you can just make a comment, um, and someone will also be in touch with you. And we meet every Thursday starting promptly at 7.15, and we ask that you be ready to be courteous and ready to begin at the sound of the bells. And I'll see you next week. We have tonight's session and all the past speakers' podcast online for free at alcoholicsandgod.org. I'd like to invite everyone to our Monday Night Big Book Study and those whom to wish to thank the speaker tonight, uh, leave a comment in the comment section. Now let us close with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you Monday or next Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh.
body's heavy My shoulders thirsty Body's aching I am desperately in need Of restoration Yeah And I am ready For you to take me higher Yeah The only thing that I can do is keep on praying. Cause on my own, I just can't get it right. It doesn't matter how hard I try. But with you, I become a much stronger man. Getting on my knees, stay back on my feet again. Load is heavy. Too much accumulation. Yeah. These possessions that I have amount to nothing at all. Stronger man 
Chase, here's that song you've been asking me for for a million years. I finally pulled it out the pulled it out the corners of my mind, and um, here you go. See the light, 
blessings when I go to sleep at night and I dream now. Yeah, I dream now. And everything's alright. <laughs> oh, man. Going on 10 years old, that song is. God bless. I love you, Mike Chase. Bye.
Have a very